0: Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Fire and NI Sports. It is a late Wednesday evening. It is ten sixteen, and I sound so great because I am home for the holidays. So rather than three hours southeast of me, uh, he's right across from me. As always, my name is Evan Smoke. I am your resident fire, and I'm a sophomore at the University of Georgia. Uh, like I said, across from me today is my co-host, uh, sophomore at Georgia Southern University, and the localized Mr. Bryson Wheeler. Bryson, how excited are you to be home for the holidays?
1: I don't know if excited the word is the word. I, I love Thanksgiving. It may be my favorite holiday, so I'm ready for that tomorrow. But I mean I'm kind of ready to go go back to Statesboro already, just get back to the normal now, whatever. But.
0: Yeah, you get a little taste of that freedom when coming home is a little bit different. But all things considered, we've got a great show for you guys tonight. We'll talk about last week college football basketball in the nba and the college realms and we will move over to the nfl to finish we do not have a trivia question today because both of our statisticians are lazy and did not want to come play basketball with us but all things considered we're going to dive right in to basketball you want to start with college or nba
1: i want to start with college and i want to talk about the game that we had last night that was supposed to be the our world game you know the possible championship preview gonzaga ucla number one and two we saw it last year no good matchup, but it just disappointed this year. Gonzaga looked really, really much like the better team. You had Drew Timmy go for eighteen and eight. Chet Holgram, who really surprised me, went for fifteen six and had four blocks as well. I thought once he started playing some better competition, he would get bullied in the paint just because of his size. Yes, he's seven one, but he weighs what one eighty? Maybe, maybe, maybe. So, it looks I mean, like a toothpick. I agree. So, But he really impressed me, looked really good. Andrew Nimhard, the Florida transfer, had 24, 6, and 5. And then for UCLA, uh, Tiger Campbell, really disappointed. He did not have a real good night. Juzang had nothing special. Hawkeyes, you know, he had his, you know, good 19, 6 night. But nobody else, <coughs> <coughs> nobody else stepped up. So, really disappointed night from UCLA. What did you see in that game?
0: I saw an utter and complete dominance from whistle to whistle by the Gonzaga uh, I guess, are they the Bulldogs? I don't know exactly what their mascot is, name-wise. Maybe they're the Zags, but all things considered, Gonzaga definitely tore up that court, you know, at the Good Sam Classic. Um, You know, big stage out there. I believe the game was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, huge atmosphere. Everything was going to go great, and it was just a murder. Shout-out to Dickie V for being able to call the game. That's very, you know, glad to see him back out after his cancer diagnosis. But all things considered, um, you know, just – Watch out for Gonzaga, and they they keep going. They've got to play Duke, and they've got to play Alabama, which are both top ten teams in the next week. I don't know if you know this, but Alabama's ten in the country, and they played Gonzaga on the same day of the SEC championship.
1: So So it'll be a big day for Bama Athletics. Big
0: day for Bama Athletics come December 4th.
1: But the next team I want to talk about is Purdue, who's a team that's really shocked people early. And they beat Villanova by a strong game from uh, Jaden Ivey, who's a possible first-rounder at guard next year. But they also knocked off, I think it was Texas, another really good team. So w- what have you seen from this team early on?
0: Just not enough, you know. They need to pick it up in a sense. I know they've <laughs> got some big wins already, but I just I'm not sold on this team. I need them – not even they need to have another, you know, star, big potential win. They just need to play consistently because the team's had consistency issues
1: in the past. Yeah, I agree. And who was the, was it? Car- yeah, Carson Edwards. You know, he just really got hot a couple years ago mm-hmm. for Purdue. Just kind of like that. Maybe Jaden, If he can carry them like that this year. And the last thing I want to talk about in college basketball is the SEC is dominating early in the year like we were talking about. You have Kentucky, who's actually 10. Bama is 11 right now. Arkansas's 13, Tennessee's 15, Auburn 19, and Florida 23. All of these teams have really impressed me early on. Kentucky and Florida are two teams that I've watched a lot because they're my two favorite. Kentucky looks really good with Ty Washington, Oscar Shibway, Severe Wheeler, all of them looking really good. Kellen Grady, all of them look really good. Florida's look good. They're in a slugfest right now with Ohio State right now, so keep up with that game. Auburn, I watched them today, and they had the – do you remember the Georgia transfer's name went to them? It they was, didn't
0: have a guy, No, they
1: Johnson. did. Uh, I think it was K.J. Johnson. No,
0: K.J. Johnson's at Bama.
1: No, he's at Auburn. I watched him today. When
0: did he go to K. Bama? K.J. Johnson, yes. Okay. And
1: he dropped, I think it was 27.
0: Oh, yeah, he's great.
1: He had a really Saville good Wheeler's
0: game. great. K.J. Johnson's day. Kamara, or the Belgium guy, he's great. You know, we're two and four. We've got two more wins than we deserve. I mean, we're awful.
1: Yeah. So Auburn looked really good, even though they lost in one of the best games I've seen in a really long time against UConn. It was a two overtime game, it's really great to the finish. But what what are you seeing from the SEC, and what do you think could be possible? You know, who wins later?
0: Well, I think a team to look out for is LSU. I think they've got some star power that they can work with. Arkansas is always sneaky good in basketball, but this is this is Kentucky's year. I mean, you know, if any, I know that's a chalk pick. But look, Kentucky's the best team in the SEC this year. Well, if they don't win it, they've got a lot of people to. They've got a lot of good teams to play with. But Kentucky should win the SEC this year.
1: I agree with that. Oscar Sheboy down low is just a mammoth of a man. I he he's so much impressed me. I didn't have a clue who he was in that first game against Duke. I watched it. I was like. I texted my dad and I said, "Who's this Sheboy guy? He's good. Yeah, and he's impressed me. Severe Wheeler, really good. Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, Keon Brooks, really talented team for them. But let's flip flip over to bas- uh, the NBA real quick. And you want to talk about your Hawks? Who maybe have figured it out after a little bit of a slow start?
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think we just played some crappy teams, to be honest. I mean, and you got to think about it. our strength of schedule to begin the year was. One of the worst in the NBA. I mean, excuse me, one of the best in the NBA. And now we've gotten to more composure, uh, you know, part of the schedule. But we won five in a row. We're on. We're winning right now over San Antonio. And here's the crazy thing. We're eight and nine. We are eight and one at home and one and eight on the road. That's your problem. You're the best team in the league at, at your house and the worst team in the league on the road. Things got to change in that sense. You know, Nate McMullen was brought in to change the culture, lead these guys. To be, you know, a high-caliber team in the East and, you know, to you know, maybe not repeat last year but compete like we did last year. That's We're not at that spot right now going 1-8 and eight on the road. We're playing on the road tonight, so a road win tonight will be huge. Now it is the Spurs. I understand that. But, you know, we've got to keep moving forward and progressing. You know, we've, there's about seven guys on the team, you know, however you want to look at it, and all seven of them, you know, can play great, but the problem is you get about five that will play good and two will play bad you got to get all seven clicking at the same time. That's when the team's really going to start firing on all pistons.
1: Yeah, I agree. And come playoff time, you can't be playing one and eight on the road. You've got to go steal your couple games. I remember watching the Braves. You know, I know it's a completely different sport, but the Braves kept taking road wins from other teams, and that's what you have to do in the playoffs. you got to take some road wins and win your games at home. The Hawks are doing that at home. They're going to have to find a way to take some road wins away. But uh, let's talk about the Warriors, who I know we've talked about them every podcast, it seems like, but man, they look good.
0: They're 15 and 2.
1: Without Clay Thompson.
0: Without Clay Thompson. And he talked about it yesterday. He's like, we're 15 and 2, and I'm not even on the court. And there's, listen, there's nothing this team wants more in the world than to win a championship. They don't care about record, they don't care about statistics, they don't care about nothing. They want to reclaim their spot at the top of the NBA because people are starting to count them out. Clay needs it to come back after his injuries. Steph needs it because he wants to solidify himself as a great. Jordan Poole and Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga and all these kids, they want it because they want to prove that they were taken too low. You know, So all those things considered, I think the Warriors are a serious threat. You know, And I know we keep saying that, but every week they keep just solidifying themselves
1: as a contender You know, week in and week out. Yeah, it seems like every week we're like, okay, are they going to, you know, slow down this week and, you know, be like the But, no, they just keep impressing us. And the last thing I will to talk about the NBA world is the Lakers continue to struggle. Are you worried about them? Yes and no. They've fallen under
0: five hundred, but you got to think about it. LeBron's been out a lot. He's been suspended now. He's been ejected. He's been hurt for a week. He's been hurt for you know a couple games. Russ has been underwhelming for them after the trade. Um, AD has done his part. You know, once you get everybody collectively together, just like the Nets last year, once you can get everybody on the court at the same time, that team will be good. Right now, they're just not matching up at the same moments. So, not selling on the Lakers, but if this becomes a consistent problem like the Nets had last year, then that's when things are going to really get ugly.
1: Yeah, I agree. Maybe not panic quite yet, wait till LeBron gets back to playing regularly, but if this continues for much longer, I'd start panicking. Well, let's flip over to the football world real quick. And the first game I want to talk about from this past weekend is Ohio State shocks the world, and C.J. Stroud makes his name known. So, what what did you see in this team Saturday?
0: Well, I don't like to say shocks the world. Um, everyone kind of figured that. You know, Michigan State was 130th out of 130 teams in pass defense. That means Akron and Massachusetts had better pass defenses. That's awesome. And Florida. And Florida. No, no. But, like, Florida's at least SEC budge. UConn's, like, 0-10 and, and had a better pass defense. Like, that's saying something. So michigan state's got to lick their wounds now and but great job by the buckeyes they earned the number two spot they moved up to number two now and they earned it after last week's performance they held uh, the number seven team in the country to seven points and they scored 56 on them that's a really good you know st- uh separation margin <laughs> really good score to look at you know after you as you walk off the field cj Stroud played really really well you know those three receivers are the probably the best three in the country, or at least three out of the top five. So it's going to be really hard to stop as they move forward.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about those receivers real quick. I've been raving about them all year long. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba all put up over 100 yards this past Saturday. I don't know if I've ever seen that looking at box scores, and I look at a lot of box scores. That's very true. I don't know if I've ever seen that. C.J. Stroud, 32 of 35 for 432 and six touchdowns. Really, really impressive. Made it a two-man race for the Heisman, in my opinion, between him and Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. And they held Kenneth Walker to 25 rushing yards. That was probably the most shocking thing to me. They... Shut down the run game, made Michigan State pass the ball, and they just couldn't. I mean, Paul Thorne's never scared anybody. But Kenneth Walker getting shut down was a really big shocker to me.
0: Yeah, holding him to 25 yards is unheard of after the first, um, I guess that'd be 10 we- 11 weeks of the season, 10 games. But, you know, props to Ohio State. Now, I- I'll ask you this because we're backing off of Ohio State is the most serious threat to the University of Georgia, right? I agree with that. And I think it's a very close threat. I don't think it's like
1: a, yeah, they can come within like seven or push them to the brink. I think Ohio State could walk in there and run over that team. I do too, just because, look, Georgia has the best defense we may have ever seen. Ohio State, I'm going to say this, they have the best playmakers I've ever seen in the team. You, I said that to somebody the other day. And I, hold up, hold up, hold up. Do you remember 2019 LSU? I was like, absolutely. You had Jefferson, Chase, and then Terrace Marshall as your three. So it was really good, really good, and you know, good, good receiver. Man. They've got three stud receivers, and then they've got some pretty good. Uh, Julian Fleming, yeah. uh, Harrison, all kinds but of players. But the play-
0: question is, when you view that, Burrow is better than the Shroud. Yes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is better than the running back at Ohio I, State right I now.
1: I would take Travion Henderson, Master Teague, and who's the other guy? My M. Williams, I think. Yeah. I would take that three-headed monster over what LSU had. Now, I'd take the receivers over what they had. I would
0: take the receivers. I would take Burrow. And the running back is really the deciding factor.
1: Well, I was saying the playmakers. Yeah. Not just quarterback. So, I, I, it, it's insane what they have going up there. But the next game I want to talk about is, is Clemson, I'm not going to say back to, you know, do, their dominating force. But are we back to seeing a top 10, top 15 team in Clemson?
0: No, and you'll hear why in my bold prediction later. No, I th- I think Clemson just – I don't think the Wake Forest team was really that good. Clemson – I mean, Wake Forest's defense is awful. They could just score. And when Clemson was able to corral that offense, it was lights out. Um, now, Clemson's still alive in the ACC. So, you know, hang your hats. Wake Forest has got to take care of business, and NC State's got to suffer a loss, and all this can happen. But Clemson's still alive uh, to play pit for the championship up in Charlotte where they started the season. A little poetic justice, you know. But um I think this Clemson team's pretty good. Just a down year. They'll be back next year. I'm very confident in that, but I think this year is a wash.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, I mean like we we're having, like this Clemson team is oh my gosh, they're just pitiful. No. They're still probably going to win nine w- games, which is, you know, it's not the Clemson we're used to seeing, but when you're down years get 9 and 3, I'll take that any time. Yeah. Now, DJ Woolley has still not impressed me. I mean, I, they maybe need to look at, you know, a change next a year or something. Transfer portal, something
0: like that. Yeah,
1: so we'll see th- about them going forward. But the next game I'm to talk about is Alabama wins a close one versus Arkansas behind another huge game by Bryce Young. Yep. It took all 565 yards or whatever to it was to game. beat them. So and Some what,
0: very explosive plays that just burned the Arkansas yes, defensive backs. and
1: look, Jamison Williams for Alabama is the best receiver in the SEC. I've argued it with Noah he says it's Traylon Burks, who is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But Jamison Williams had eight receptions for 190 1 B. and three touchdowns. Yeah, 1A, 1B. Who
0: cares?
1: Jameson Williams has been putting up crazy numbers. If they had not had him this year transfer in, I don't know where Bama would be. Yeah. He you has know where he transferred carried, carried this to Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State. Well, could you imagine him on that offense, too? Well, that was the problem. He was the fourth yeah. option, so he left. <laughs> it's the it, It's insane what Ohio State has up there.
0: Think of all the good transfers out of Ohio State, yeah. Joe Burrow, Jabez Williams, multiple other people that I'm not naming right now, but no, this Alabama. Justin
1: team, Shorter, or no, no, Shorter was Penn State. Yeah. Uh, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, he was though. But
0: listen, I I'm not sold on this Alabama
1: <coughs> team. Now, am I a
0: Georgia fan trying to convince myself we're going to beat them? Probably, but look, they've got three close games all year, and that's to four loss Arkansas who's barely ranked. The only reason they're ranked, in my mind, is to make sure Alabama looks better. I mean, I like Arkansas, too, but I don't think they're the 25th best team in the country. Sorry. They've got a five-loss LSU. who's probably going to finish with six losses after this weekend to Texas A&M. And five and six Florida. They've won by two points. Now, these were all very different teams when they played or I get that outside of Arkansas. But those three close losses are two awful teams. Alabama never has close losses, usually, unless it's to Georgia or, I mean, unless it's a close game versus Georgia versus LSU versus, you know, Chad Kelly, Ole Miss, Johnny Benzel, Texas A&M. You can name the teams that have played Alabama close, you know. And now you've got three subpar teams doing that. Two subpar teams in Arkansas doing that. That's a very concerning fact for Nick Saban and his staff. And there's some holes in that team. Look, I, I think Georgia should definitely win the game, but the problem is it's Alabama, and Alabama's always had Georgia
1: numbers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think of this Alabama team because it's like every week we get a different team. Yeah. It's like one week we get this disappointing, uh eh, are, are they a top four team? And then the next week they may look like the best team in the country. Oh, they're clobbering Auburn. Think when they, Go ahead yeah. and write it down. And think when they played Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, could Mississippi State get nah. No. Nope, nah. never by- well, at just
0: came back and gave them something. What about what about next week? Who do who they play next week? Oh, shit, never mind. Sorry, New Mexico State.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that that's what it's like. This Bama team, they look like the best team in the country possibly one week, and then the next week they are very underwhelming.
0: Hey, I'll so, take the pattern, go crush Auburn, come back play bad against Georgia the following
1: week. Yeah, but let's talk about another team who really disappointed, and it was Oregon gets slaughtered by Utah, and they lose their playoff hopes. So what are your thoughts on that game?
0: I, I don't even know, dude. I mean, they just went down to the farm. or not the farm. The farm of Stanford. They just went down to Salt Lake City and just got ran through. I mean, that Utah team, good for them. They've had a horrible past couple of years with losing two teammates. You know, Kyle Winningham is an g- underrated great coach out there for the Utes. But just 38-7 to 7, when you're the number three team in the country, that's just em- that's embarrassing. Like, that's just awful for your program. But this always happens with Oregon, you know. We overhype them. They play good, they get crushed, they come back. We overhype them. They play good, they get crushed. You know, it's an endless cycle for the Ducks and Cristobal out there for you, the Eugene boys. But just, I have no words. I don't even know where to start because that that is a culture problem, not even a talent problem.
1: Yeah, and it would really shock me because I I thought Oregon was. I don't think they were top fourteen, but I thought they were you know a top six or seven team and I I don't think too much of Utah, but you know who Florida opens up with next year? Utah. Utah. So that'll be a fun one, especially for possible head coach Billy Napier coming in. And that's the next topic I want to talk about is the coaching carousel. Dan Mullen finally gets fired from Florida. We've been hearing all the rumors going around. Billy Napier, Cristobal, Lane Kiffin, Stoops, who's it going to be? So And I know you've really enjoyed all this and making your predictions and stuff, so let's let's make a couple predictions right here. First of all, let's start with the Florida job. Who do you think? It's Napier unless he turns it down, which I don't think he
0: would. I I mean, he has turned down multiple SEC jobs in the past, but everything points to Billy Napier. And if he's going to take a job, why is it's gonna it has to be florida unless you're unless you think lsu is a better job which i don't think he does i think LSU is in more shambles i think florida with the right coach in the right offseason can be back to nine and three ten and two next year i mean they're not a bad team they just the locker room just turned on dan mullen this year and I just, I just don't know how to explain it i don't know if he gave up on them they gave up on him somewhere in the middle but something happened you know that was not a talent issue uh down there in florida um I think it's Napier, and if Napier was to turn it down, I think it's Bob Stoops.
1: I think it is Napier as well, and if he turns it down, I I'm going to say I have no clue who it's going to be. I heard today that Matt Campbell was the number two option.
0: See, I, I, I keep I, I keep hearing Matt Campbell, but why? I don't know. But why? I mean, Iowa State six and five this year. <laughs> you know, when all I just talent. hope it
1: ain't Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Lane's not leaving, I don't think. I hope not. But uh, let's talk about another team in LSU who's looking for a new head coach. Who do you think that one's going to be? I think it's going to end up being a randa. I think they're going to offer it to Jimbo. They're going to try their best to pull Jimbo,
0: and Jimbo's going to say no. I think they're going to try to flirt with Lincoln Riley, but they're going to have to pay him egregious money, so they're not going to do it. And then they're going to go back and get their defensive coordinator from the national championship that's at Baylor and go Dave Aranda.
1: I agree with that, and I am not really high on this hiring at all. I think, I think
0: it's, uh, it's just it makes sense. You know, I mean, it's not the flashy hire like you would get in Jimbo Fisher or Lincoln Riley. But it's a safer hire than you would get in Napier, or Jamie
1: Chadwell, or Hugh Freeze. I don't know about that. He he's eleven and nine or eleven and ten as a head coach. And think back to LSU's championship run. Now I know he was there a few years before that with pretty solid defenses, but LSU that year did not have a good defense I mean, you're at all. Right. And I, he does not, you know, just shock me. Like he, I don't know. I don't like the hire. Well, I'll just I think it's because Ed Ogeron's so laid back and fun, and Aranda's
0: a no nonsense by-the-book drill sergeant type kid. And I think that's what LSU wants after all the shenanigans that happen behind the scenes. Yeah. I think they just want somebody that they can go in here and say, here's the football program, do what you want, and they don't got to talk about it,
1: you know? All right. Well, the next job I want to talk about is – it well, no, we'll jump into USC first before we get into that one. But who do you think the USC job's can be? I want to hear
0: what you say first because
1: I got my answer. I'm going to – <sighs> I don't know, I really haven't put much thought in it. I guess that I'll go, I don't know, because like, it's it's just a job that's really, it's a really good job, but they're, they're in shambles right now, the program has not been really good, but there's going to be a lot of interested people, I think it's going to be somebody just off the wall that we ha- aren't even thinking of, is my guess. I'm not even going to give you a prediction. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be somewhere off the wall. You ready for this? hmm
0: It's Brian Kelly's job.
1: I could Brian see Brian Kelly's going to
0: leave Notre Dame. He's going to take the job. And uh, Notre Dame's going to do what they did 15 years ago and go steal Cincinnati's head coach. And Luke Fickle's going to be the next head coach at Notre
1: Dame. Rejoin with uh Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Marcus Freeman. I think he's in line for a job somewhere pretty That's soon. That's exactly what's going to happen. But I, I wouldn't count out, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't count out Urban for the job. That's supposedly his I, dream job. I wouldn't count it out, but I just... I don't think they're going to wait on him. I mean,
0: unless unless yeah. unless he resigns two weeks from now and takes that job, that's yeah. not going to happen.
1: I agree. All right, and the last job that I really want to talk about, and you can talk about a few more if you want it to after this, but I want to talk about Miami. And they've not... Fired Manny Diaz yet, but the only reason he was still employed was the AD, and the AD got fired, so it's all but coming. Yeah. And so, who do you think that job's going to go to?
0: I think they're going to offer it to Kiffin, but Chris Ball take it.
1: I think it's Chris Ball as well.
0: I think I think Kiffin's the guy, and I think Kiffin won't go to Miami outside. K- listen, Kiffin's only leaving Old Miss for LSU. I don't think he leaves for Florida. I think he only leaves for LSU. Because I think that's the like that's the program that fits him, you know. But he's not going to get the LSU job, so he's going to stay put. He's going to get a raise, and Cristobal's going to go to
1: Miami. Well, Cristobal played there, and he started off his career there. So it kind of just all makes sense for him going back. I'm sure it's really close it's to like his heart. It's like Mark Rick going home. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Interesting jobs, really open. Are there any more you want to talk about?
0: Where do you think – Dan? Oh, Virginia Tech. I I'm very confused on Virginia Tech now because I thought Hugh Freeze was all all yeah. locked up to go there. I think Dan Mullen could extension. be in line for I it. Think I, know, he could. I know we talked about that. I think somebody like Dan Lanning could maybe go to Virginia Tech. I don't know if he leaves but I think he could be in line for it.
1: Dan Landon will get a head job pretty soon. I think Jamie Chadwell of
0: Coastal Carolina would might might make the move to Virginia Tech. I think I don't think Shane Beamer is going to take it. I know a lot of people have been connecting him to the job cuz his dad Frank was the legendary coach up there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jamie Chadwell is probably the next closest guy taking um to take the Virginia Tech job, but don't count out uh, don't count out Dan Mullen. but I think if my scenario, if all works, Brian Kelly goes to USC, Luke Fickle goes to Notre Dame, I think Dan Mullen might take Cincinnati. reason I say this because look at something like Gus Malzani, gets fired from an SEC school. He goes to a big power five that's moving to the Big 12 in UCF. Dan Mullen's from Pennsylvania, so he would know the area. Cincinnati's not far from the Pennsylvania in the Midwest. He can go back there. He's, he, he'd have expectations, which he could deliver on because he's, he's got a consistency of a 9-3, and 10-2 team, but he doesn't have to go win championships every year. And I think that's the thing that Dan would enjoy.
1: Well, the thing about Florida, Dan, everybody bashes his recruiting. And now he was no phenomenal recruiter, but he's not quite as bad as everybody's saying. His first three years at Florida, he brought the 9, 9, and 12 classes. Is that good enough for Florida? No. Is that good enough for 90% of teams in the country? Absolutely. And it'll be good enough for Cincinnati. You let him go there, let him get his fifteen to 20th class in the country, whatever he wants, and let him just develop and – you know, come up with some great offensive game plan, he's going to do great somewhere. Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, wherever he ends up, they're going to be a really, really solid team. He's a really good coach. It just didn't work out because he just – he he's the most stubbornest man that I've probably ever, like, heard, and he just wouldn't change.
0: Well, I, I... – I know, I was listening to the ESPN College Football Podcast the other day, and while this probably isn't true, but I think the Spurrier crowd turned on him, and when that happened, I think he was dead.
1: Well, one thing I heard was Spurrier was the main guy who got him out. That's what I'm saying. Spurrier
0: Spurrier and his crowd wanted him out, and that was it.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. All right, and before we jump to the NFL real quick, I want to touch on some upcoming games this week.
0: One last thing, Ed Ogeron to Louisiana Lafayette. (coughs) I like that one. <coughs> because he doesn't have to move. He knows the area. He can still recruit from LSU. And he don't have to have expectations. He can go 9-3, and, and 2 every year, eat his gumbo, and be fine.
1: Yeah, I can see it. All right, well, let's just quickly touch on these games. We got tomorrow night, old Miss, Mississippi State. Who you got?
0: I got Mississippi State. I me mean, Hale State, games in Starkville, I think it's a big, you know, this is the thing that Mike Leach needs. Mike Leach wants to make his pr- – Will Rogers and Mike Leach want to go from little brother to big brother, win this game. Ole Miss is high and mighty. They got nothing to play for now. All they got to play for is this champion and this, this game in the New Year's Six. Go r- ruin the party. Go burn these defensive backs. I got the Bulldogs at home.
1: I got Ole Miss. I'm really high on this Ole Miss team. I think Matt Corral is one of the best players in the country. They've got really good wide receiver core led by Don Terry Drummond. They've got really good running back core with Jerry on, Ely, Snoop Connor. So I'm really high on this offense. I got them. Uh, the next game that I want to talk about is the Ohio State-Michigan game. This game is at noon uh, Saturday. Who do you got in this game?
0: It's gonna be the Buckeyes, and it's gonna be the Buckeyes, probably by three or four, two or three scores. I mean, I just I like this Michigan team a lot. I think they're really good. I just I, I don't see like I think their pass rush can get to Stroud, but if Stroud gets the ball off, I think it's game over.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Michigan's a really good team, don't get me wrong. They need Blake Corum back if he's healthy. Yep. He'll be a big matchup. Can they shut down Blake Corum like they did Kenneth Walker last week? But this Ohio State team, like I said, has the best playmakers I've probably ever seen in teams. So I'm expecting them to win this pretty handily. They've always had Ohio, uh, Michigan's number. I think it's going to happen again. And the next, we all know who we're going to pick. We already said it, is the Iron Bowl, though. We have to at least touch on it. How bad do you think it's gonna be? I think it'll
0: be, I think it'll be a traditional, like an old school <coughs> Alabama game, close for the first half, pull it apart in the third quarter, and about domination in the fourth.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You know, Auburn's gonna throw everything they've got at them. They have nothing to lose playing for nothing except pride, beating yeah. Alabama. Bama, they've got just about everything on the line, though. The two-year rule. So the two-year rule. They won in
0: 13, 17, 19.
1: Yeah, they're dangerous at home against Alabama, but without Bo Nix, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Let's just make our picks for the Penn State-Michigan State game real quick. Sparty bounces back close. I think I've got them close as well. Uh, LSU a and M.
0: A and m big.
1: I do too as well, probably. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State.
0: Cowboys. Go Pokes.
1: I am going Oklahoma State at the moment, but I'm not surprised if I flipped Oklahoma. I think it's going to be a really good game. It's
0: going to be a pretty good game. I got Cowboys
1: close. It's going to be a fun one to watch Saturday night. And the last one I will to touch on is Florida, Florida State. And I think this is going to be a really good game, fun to watch. So, um, I, I was going to go Florida State until I heard Emery's out. And I think with the firing of Dan Mullen – this team's gonna have—they're just gonna be really fired up, I think, to play this week. Play behind Anthony Richardson, I think they're gonna pull out a close one.
0: I got the opposite. No team after their head coach gets fired, outside of TCU over Baylor, plays good the next week. I mean, it's very rare. Now Greg Knox is a good coach. He can keep them together. He can ride the ship, you know. This weekend and in, a, you know, a bowl game if they were to win. I've got Florida State close. But see, this is how I feel about it. I don't know if Florida wins this game, but Florida State's so inconsistent, they might go out there and give them 30 points. Yeah,
1: florida It's probably not even (coughs) going to be a close game. It's either Florida's going to come out and dominate or they're going to get dominated probably. But um, let's flip to the NFL real quick, and I want to talk about the monster games that Jonathan Taylor has been putting up. And has he entered himself into the MVP discussion?
0: He should be. Like, I mean, he should be. He's been phenomenal these last couple weeks. You know, 48 fantasy points. I know we view everything in that. I don't remember his exact <coughs> stat line. but I, know I think he
1: had 185 and five, four four rushing and touchdowns receiving. and receiving touchdowns. I knew touchdown. it was
0: five total touchdowns, but I did know the yards. He's just been an animal for the Colts. He's led the Colts with some big wins. You know, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, they progress and see if they can come back and catch the Titans in the AFC South.
1: Yeah, I agree. And let's flip to the Chiefs. They – their defense – Actually impressed this past weekend. The offense still struggles, but the defense holds strong against a Cowboys offense that's been pretty well most of the year. So, what are your thoughts on this Chiefs team? Can this defense, you know, keep holding them in games till the offense figures it out? Because the offense will figure it out. It yeah. just we all know when.
0: Yeah, I think they can, but I just don't know if it'll be too late. You know, the Chiefs are still probably going to sneak in the playoffs. You know, still going to be dangerous. As you know, I'll get out. You know, but. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on them as real contenders. I think they're in that second level where they're just playoff teams right now.
1: Did you know they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl now? The Chiefs? Yes.
0: How is that?
1: I have no clue. It shocked me as well. I don't think it should be, but...
0: I think I think somebody was like, oh yeah, Kansas City. Put that down. Yeah,
1: so that was a big shocker. And the last one I want to talk about is the Chargers win a wild one versus the Steelers. This game was really fun to watch if you did not watch it. I watched like the first three quarters, and you know the Chiefs or the Chargers were up a couple touchdowns. So I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. Well, I go up to my bed. Fifteen minutes later, flip through my phone. I'm like, How did this game get this close? Yeah. So I flip it on. This just touchdown. This team touchdown. This team. It, it back and forth. It became and a shootout. It was wild. So what were your thoughts on that game and those two teams?
0: I, just, I don't know, man. I mean, both of those teams are an enigma to me. The Chargers and the Steelers are just they never have done. I, I don't even know how to describe it. They're just confusing teams. They look good one week and then bad the next week. Herbert has a good game and a bad game. Just Big Ben looks timeless and then he looks like oh crap, he is forty or however old he is, you know. So looks I mean, like Philip Rivers looks last like, year. He looks like Philip Rivers last year. So I mean, both of these teams, if they can get hot, can be very dangerous. But if the inconsistency is going to kill both of them. I think.
1: All right, well, let's preview the games for tomorrow. Just give everybody a little bit of something to watch on Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of the people may not know much about these teams, so let's give them a reason to watch these games tomorrow. The first game is the Bears and Lions. Give me a prediction and a reason why they should watch this game.
0: Okay. Lions get first win. Reason to watch game. You get to make fun of the Bears. (laughs) I think that's a good enough reason. Um with Jared Goff starting over Tim Boyle now, the backup quarterback bowl has been erased. Um Andy Dalton the Red Rifle, he could still sling the ball. You know, people forget how well he did for the Cowboys last year before Ben DiNucci and the TikTok trend came around, you know. So, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the I mean losing Khalil Mack's going to be detrimental as As much detrimental as it can. It's devastating for that Bears defense. I think this really is Matt Nagy's last game, regardless of the outcome. I think he's fired come Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, But I get the Lions winning their first game of the season.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to agree with you that the Lions win a close one. But I'm going to give you two reasons, one for the old people and one for the young to watch this game. A lot of old people like these low-scoring defensive battles. I think you're going to get one. I think it's going to be a 17-13 type game won by the Lions. And for the young people, I'll give you two reasons to watch it. One is DeAndre Swift for the Lions. Really explosive young back. Good pass catcher out of the backfield. And Justin Fields, or... No, is Fields getting benched, or is he Fields hurt? Fields is hurt. Okay, see, I, I didn't realize he was hurt. Okay, he's well, bruised ribs. I was thinking he just got benched, and they'd have packages. I got you now. So, we'll leave that off about Justin Fields. But, let's jump into the next game of the day, the 430 game, and it's the Raiders-Cowboys. Give me a prediction and a reason to watch it.
0: Cowboys, comfortably. Not in a blowout, just comfortably. Reason to watch. Um... Somebody will probably get arrested at (laughs) (laughs) halftime.
1: So what it seems like with this Raiders team. Well um I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a little closer game. The line is seven and a half Dallas. I think that the Raiders cover. I think Dallas does win, but I think it's a pretty close one. Both teams have really good offenses. And I would give a reason to watch it is Dak Prescott. Yep. Now he has not played good the la- or he didn't last week, but he's been really good most of the season. And I think that he's a really good quarterback, so he's fun to watch. So watch it for that. And the last game of the day, the 8:20 game is the Bills and the Saints. Who do you have and a reason to watch? That game is in New Orleans. Yes.
0: I've got the Bills by a field goal on the road. <coughs> reason to watch <coughs> people jumping into burning tables.
1: Fair enough. And I'm going go to go the Bills by a lot, actually. This team, uh, the Saints are starting Trevor Simeon, correct? Probably. So uh, that that's not real flashy to me. Josh Allen, really good quarterback for the Bills. I think they're performing them. True, but we all know he's a lot better than he's playing. I think this Bills team wins pretty handily, and I would say a reason to watch is just Josh Allen. He's a really fun player to watch, really good rusher, really good passer, fun person to watch.
0: He absolutely is.
1: <coughs> All right, well, you said you had us a bold prediction. so do you want to go ahead and give it right here? I will. Bold prediction. South Carolina wins their
0: first Paul Medal Bowl in seven years. I'm taking the Gamecocks. I'm taking Beamer Bowl at home. They're fired up. This is everything that they need. It's Clemson to be ranked, to come into Willie B, you know – um, not sandstorm, but what do they play? It's um, South Carolina. Yeah. It's sandstorm. it's sandstorm. Yeah. Not Sandman. I'm sorry. Yeah, they play sandstorm. The place is gonna be rocking. They're gonna be drunk in a caboose all day. They're gonna get a night game. You know, at Willie B. Clemson's gonna. You know, the South Carolina defense ain't awful. You know, they can they can they can make life for DJ. You know, you know DJ and the Clemson offense really tough if needed. I've got South Carolina. And an upset this
1: weekend. I agree with that kind of. I'm thinking about pulling that for my upset pick of the week as thinking. well. I have not thought much on upset pick, so I'm kind of going through it real here, quick right here. I guess I'll just pull it with Bryce Young. Yeah. I, I just saw that. I'll go Bryce Young throws for another 450 yards against Auburn.
0: And solidifies the
1: Heisman? No, because C.J. Stroud does just about the same. same. I, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll change mine. C.J. Ambrose for 400-plus a piece this okay. week.
0: I can see it. They and both, it's still
1: a two-man race. It's
0: still a two-man race. Hey, championship championship weekend always decides the winners, man. Always <laughs> does. But, you know, great games this week. Another game that's under the radar, I think, is the Apple Cup.
1: You know, Washington,
0: Washington State, they don't have a lot to play for, but neither have coaches. I think this could be really big in the game for recruiting, you know, as they move forward.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And my Florida Gators just knocked off number number 19, Ohio State in basketball. So the SEC still keeps dominating early. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we end?
0: Before we end, I want to talk about two things. Go Hawks. And let's go Braves.
1: Yep. We'll go Halts and go Braves.